You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is hour number three. That's inexplicable to me that it's hour number three. But uh, I'm pretty stoked because there's a feller sitting right here about to sing into a can <laughs> that uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing for quite a while. Uh, State Senator Clay Schofield hails from Marshall County, uh, represents Senate District Number Nine. I used to be Senate District Number Ten, yep. and uh, I had the uh, I had the distinct honor, sometimes infamous honor, of sitting next to him on the Senate floor for eight straight years. And uh, anyway. Um, Clay Schofield, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, desk mate. <laughs> how are you? I'm well enough. I'm proud of you. Well, what, this is crazy. It's awesome. I mean, you, you went on. You went on to be the majority leader of the Alabama State Senate. I just got a radio microphone. And I sing into a can. You're singing into a can. I mean, you want to swap? There are days when I'm sure that my life is better than yours. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Hey, listen. Uh, so, folks, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. So, Clay Schofield, Senator Schofield, and I, he's the majority leader uh, in the Alabama State Senate. He's among the leadership that sort of sets the tone and where we're going on things uh, in the, in the uh, Alabama legislature. When you, see, when you see major bills getting put out there, when you see things that are being debated, when you see committees being formed, um, Clay is somewhere in the mix. Um, that said, I think it's important that folks know, uh, Clay, that um, – you still get up and put your pants on one leg at a time. And by the way, he is wearing pants. Yep. Which, yep. Is, which is good. Y'all can't see it, but I, you're, I am wearing you're, pants. You're, you're overdressed for radio. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, so your background was in farming? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, was a, that was a long-time venture for you, too. What, poultry and cattle, right? 16 years. Poultry and cattle? Yep. 16 long Hard, broken years. <laughs> well, you got out just before the Biden inflation took apart, and then the eggs uh, went through the roof. But, yeah. Um, um, but I uh, got elected in 2010, same year I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, came in at the same time, and now you're the Senate Majority Leader. Um, listen, you got your hands full this past year. It was election season. I can't imagine. Um, we got a Republican supermajority, uh, and some of them are conservative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the uh, Senate's very conservative. I think the Senate could do some stuff, man. Um, yeah. And there's there's a number of topics. But let me ask you this: before we even go down that road, y'all go into session in March this year, right? March seventh. Okay. Yep. Just had the organizational session. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their committee assignments now. Yep. Uh, I got the breakdown over here somewhere in the stacks. But um, if you had to pick one or two major agenda items, what what do you, what do you think's coming in the legislative session that's coming up? What what can we expect to see or not see out of that session? I think one of the most, and you're extremely familiar with this uh, because you chaired the, what we called the Fred Committee. Fred Fiscal Responsibility Economic Development. Correct. Um, now Senator Gudger yep. is uh, Senator Livingston chaired that. He's moved to confirmations. All right. And then Senator Gudger is going to be uh, chairing Fred now. So this year, the Jobs Act okay. comes back up. And, you know, that is that is obviously a, 
a huge, huge deal uh, that's been very successful. I think you you worked you were intimately involved in that. We were, yeah. Uh, and and so that's that's back up, and so that is a major, major, major. Is that a renewal or an enhancement of the Jobs Act? Renewal, and I think we may make some enhancements. Uh, I've not seen the report. You know, they have a committee set up for it. I hadn't seen the report yet. Um, looking forward to seeing it and yeah. seeing how we can improve upon what has already been successful. Uh, and that's something you ought to be very proud of that you worked on because the amount of jobs that it has created in Alabama has been extensive. We also had some numbers the other day that those particular jobs that the Jobs Act has brought into Alabama, the average wage is, I think, 36% higher hmm. than the – I mean, Phil, that's a big deal. Yeah, and And you – you were a big part of that, well, and uh, you, and that's a that's a legacy you're going to be able to to or that you have the left that you know is is still paying dividends for the well, state. Well, and you know, and what's interesting to me is there are some people that still call that like corporate welfare, and all you're doing is no, he's not. You're actually you you put clawbacks in those contracts. Yes. They they have to meet metrics. They get to pay the state back if they get an incentive that they don't live up to. Yep. Um, and uh, and it has brought a lot of jobs. Okay, and it's tied to jobs. It is it is literally tied to job creation. That's true, and it's, that's big. It's not a wish; it's a must-have. Correct. All right. Well, uh, uh, that's cool. So that's that's coming up this year. What else you got on the agenda? The, I mean, obviously, the other thing is is ARPA too. Um, ARPA being the relief funds we got from the, the federal government. Correct. We this this rounds another billion, and so you know, obviously. We're treating it the same way we did the first round. We're not spending the money. We're investing the money. And obviously this round is much more tighter controlled, uh, you know, with, with, with restrictions. Um, water, sewer, broadband definitely qualify, some other things. Um, and so we're, we're really trying to be smart of how we're, we're investing those, those funds so that, that you know, it – because our kids are going to be on the the hook for this for a long time. So, so the, there was talk about doing a special session for the uh, appropriation of those ARPA funds. Is there going to be a special, or are you going to blend it into the regular? I would. I, I think it would be wise to do a a special because, like we did last time, you know, kind of we we go in, we 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 adjourn, go into a special. You know, you're not really having like a special another week. Yeah. But as you well know, and. and not to say anyone would do this. <laughs> oh no! But but you know you have a billion dollars. You could leverage that, and so we we think we we need to go ahead and get that off the table. I've never seen anybody hold no. something up to get what they wanted on something else. That never, never happens. Never. So so Lord. you know. So let's let's be wise of right. of how we invest those dollars and not get political with it. All right. Well, you're bringing up something though that. Um, one of the one of the the points that I want to talk with you about, uh, and we got we got a few minutes for the first break, but but ARPA funds. That's one of the reasons we have a surplus is because we have this huge influx of federal cash. It's just sitting there in a pot, and we got to spend it, uh, and we got to spend it by a certain date. Most of it, twenty twenty six, all of it. Yeah, but but that being said, we've also seen surplusage in revenues collected in general terms, and and. Um, and a lot of that fed the education budget because that's the way our, our crazy budgeting system is set up. Yep. But we've even seen surplusage that we didn't expect in the general fund side, mm-hmm. um, which is everything else it takes to run the state for those who are listening. All right, here's my question. Surplus funds, 
are we going to see tax relief for the citizens of this state? Because back when you and I first started, surplus was a dream. Surplus was not ever going to happen anytime soon. Well, now it's there, mm-hmm. and we're, what, 12, 18, 14 years later, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to see any relief for, for taxes? I, I, I think there will be. Um, I, I think, though, um, as you as you very astutely stated, these are one-time funds. Some of them are. Some of them are. I do think we, I mean, we do have economic growth in there, but a lot of it is one-time money. I, I, I'm, I want us to be cautious and conservative about it. Um, prep, if, if I had my wish, I think the most, cons- because when me and you came in, billion dollars in the hole. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, we, you know, and so I think that's. No reserve accounts, nothing. Right. And I think that's why I'm a little more guarded and a little more conservative on this. I would, if I had my way, we'd sock it away and see what happens in a year. Yeah, but here's here's one of my my concerns on that is is that you know there's been a ton of that money that came in and the majority of it the governor was given the authority to just invest it in more government. There's been a lot that's been, and I and I and I feel like that the the private citizen has just really had to bear the brunt of this you know whole pandemic and then the Biden inflation that followed and everything else. So if we're talking about tax relief and you said there's something on the table, are we looking at rebates or reforms? What do you think? I I think. I think you've got there. I think right now there's there's three options out there that that are just being discussed. And as you know, the the process is the process, and we'll have to go through and see what everyone wants to do. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, permanent tax cuts, um, rebates, and setting up another trust fund are the kind of the three areas that I'm that I'm gathering are being discussed right now, um, and so. You know, we'll just we'll just have to see. And you know, I again, I going through what we went through. Yeah. Um, where I, I told I told a couple of freshmen just today, it, it kind of hit me. You'll appreciate this. I said, when I first got elected, we were dealing with how do we how do we deal with a billion dollar hole in our budget that year we did didn't we yeah. a billion dollar hole was, because the the, awful. the state had been running off federal stimulus dollars for the past two years prior to us coming in with proration in the budgets and everything else. correct and i said now the first vote that you guys are going to make is how to invest a billion dollars of arpa money yeah I, I mean i think our challenge right now is the the freshmen that are coming in and even even the great folks who came in in 2018 they they didn't understand what it, I mean we were cutting essential services oh yeah we were we, we were downsizing government streamlining operations and and trying to find a way to pay the bills and keep the lights turned y- on yeah and i mean we were literally it wasn't i mean it was cutting it was cutting into services people but, used. but but that kind of, and I don't want to call it a depression mentality, but that's kind of what it is. You've been through a hard time. You appreciate the good time. Um, but but that, that kind of thing, and we are up against a break right now, but that kind of thing right there is one of the reasons why I hope that folks like you who've had some time under your belt in the legislature can appreciate that you've got something you can finally give back mm-hmm. um, and not just have to patch holes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Let's talk about it more when we get back, all right? You bet. All right, folks, that's round one. We're with uh, the majority leader of the Alabama State Senate, Clay Schofield, representing Senate District 9 up yonder in Marshall County Way. 
and uh, somebody I sat next to on the floor of the Senate for eight years. He's a good dude. And we'll talk about more stuff in Montgomery when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right making it cool to be a conservative sitting here right now in the uh, studio with none other than the senate majority leader clay schofield um representing uh, senate district nine but also the majority leader for the entire republican uh, group in the uh, state senate all right schofield no holds barred man Let's i'm go. putting you in a, i'm putting you in a horn swoggle now you ready i love a good horn swoggle <laughs> school choice <laughs> school choice uh, we're, we're like 50th in the nation. Uh, there are, I want to say eight or nine states that spend less than we do per student that still rank higher than us. So that means money ain't it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. Iowa yesterday, day before yesterday, signed into law, the most comprehensive school choice legislation ever. Um, and it rivals what Arizona's already doing, what Oklahoma's trying to do, what other states are like. So anyway, bottom line is this, bud. School choice. We got to do something. What are you thinking? I'm hearing a lot of chatter. I'm hearing a lot of people talking that aren't usually talking. Yeah, I, no, I think so. I think something's coming. As you know, I mean, there's a lot of different versions of school choice. Right. Um, and I think I think it's two, twofold. I want to talk about school choice, and then I want to talk about accountability. All right. Um, because obviously our, our, our objective is to raise those scores. Now, I do think, I don't know if you've followed the Literacy Act and the Numeracy Act, but we are seeing some early signs of successes there, and we're investing money strategically. We're not just saying, you know, if kids not reading on a third-grade level, we're going to hold them back and not back it up with, you know, proper resources and all that. We're, we're doing that, and I do think that that's going to start, start really moving the needle. Um, and, again, we're seeing some the, – these these – Early scores were a good indicator, right. but um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, again, we're we're we got to move our scores up, and and I know you and I, you know, voted on the the, the accountability act, and we got the scars, got to prove the sco- it. scars from it. Um, but but if 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 a parent if a parent wants to get their kid out of a consistently failing school, they should be able to do that. All right. Majority leader, I heard you say that, and that was a perfect statement. You're right. Uh, Lieutenant Governor has said that most recently. And, and, of course, he doesn't set the, the agenda for the calendar, but he's there. He presides over the Senate, which makes him sort of part of the process. Sure, yeah. And then uh, the governor made some kind of loose comments in her uh, uh, recent uh, uh, investiture speech her, her, her on, on uh, the day she was sworn in for her next term. Um, I'm hearing new members of the legislature, and I'm even hearing old members of the legislature, sat right there in the seat about a month ago was Nathaniel Ledbetter, the new Speaker of the House. Uh, he's for school choice. So I don't know that I could hear more chatter. Mm-hmm. The question is, is there going to be any, any real action? And, what, and what's it look like? You know, I mean, again, it could it could be, you know, vouchers. It could be, you know, credits or expansion. You know, I mean, what, what does that look like? You know, I hate to say the devil's in the details because – I don't think devil's in school choice, but, but I do want to hit on the accountability part Yeah. because again, 
what's our goal? Our goal is to um, to have an education system that is working to improve scores and, and kids are learning. So so the accountability part, I think, is important uh, because because okay. here's the, here's the thing that 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 stays in my mind about school choice. All right. School choice only works if you have a parent who cares enough to know that their their child is not performing well in that school. And and that parent then has to actually physically make the decision. I'm going to take my child out of that school and find them a better option. Okay, but I'll throw one piece on top of that. All right, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that completely, that, that it starts with the parents who are willing to take a role in their child's education process, mm-hmm. which COVID really brought a lot of that to the forefront. You, but, yep. but here's the other piece. School choice is like having the free market in, in, in terms of competition. Agreed. It's like having grocery stores competing for the best produce and the best prices. And, and so if you have school choice, even the kids whose parents don't take an active role actually wind up benefiting because the schools then have to recognize that they've got to do a better job or they're going to keep losing students. And so they do a better job with those they have. And I, and I think that free market drives some of that. Even if the parents aren't involved, the kids still benefit from a school choice state. Right. No, I, look, I agree. Here's, here's the only thing that I think we all need to keep in mind that's important. These are kids. Yep. And, and, and that, is, you know as well as I do, you've seen it. You know, if we have school choice, we're going to be working in the marketplace, right? Finally in, in, in the marketplace. Sometimes market forces take time to, to, to work. Okay. Every year we leave those kids in a consistently failing school, yeah. we're, they're falling behind even more. We can't take our mind off that. That's why the accountability aspect, I think, is so important. Those consistently failing schools, we need to go in and hold them accountable now. Yeah. Right now, we don't need to wait on market forces to work. We are still, we are still putting tax dollars, and you still got a building, you still got utilities, you still got personnel costs. We need to not keep throwing good money after bad, and it. and every year let those. It is a twofold. Let's let's not just say school choice is going to fix it. It's going to be the silver bullet. If we do that, and that's our singular focus, we're going to continue allowing those kids to be failed okay. in those schools. That is so important in my mind. I, I agree with that, and that's a perfect perfect out to the break we got right now. But you're, but you're right, because the only place in the world where you can fail and to get refunded for the next year is government. And, uh, and so, um, all right, brother, we're looking to come right back. We'll do some more. State Senator Clay Schofield. Majority Leader of Alabama State Senate. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just 
plain right, covering some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Um, hey, before we go any further, i got to tell you real quickly uh, about my friends at Just Love Coffee Cafe. So Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. Listen, man, we just Travis from Just Love just texted me a minute ago. We had another listener walk in the door and say, heard about this on that radio show, just on Right Side Radio. And so I, I love that. So when you go in, make sure you tell them you're here because you heard it on Right Side. But, but I'm telling you right now, it is worth the trip. You know I love coffee. Well, it's called Just Love Coffee Cafe. They got the, the, the award-winning dry roast that can grind the beans fresh and make you a steaming cup of light or medium, or dark roast coffee. They got what Charlene calls the treat coffees, the cappuccinos, the lattes, the espressos. But they also got a menu, man. They got a menu of food to knock your socks off. You can have breakfast for dinner. You can go in there any time of the day and get what you want. They got sandwiches, wraps, and it's all different. It ain't your usual drive through So I'm just saying, just love Coffee Cafe. You, you got to ch- I love both locations. I've been to both, and listen, I like them both. Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison going out towards City Hall, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville down yonder by Whole Foods. Tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. We are back right now in studio with my brethren, uh, State Senator Clay Schofield, Senate District 9, Majority Leader of the Senate. You just like all grown up, man. You just like, you just, here you are, Majority Leader. Man. I mean, I mean, I... You ever got, pinch yourself? Just when, wonder? when when you got to, when we first met, I was, I was back when Buck was a calf. <laughs> when Methuselah was a child. When I was knee high to a grasshopper. I'm saying. <laughs> um, in fact, funny story before we go into, into back into politics. Uh, uh, so so Clay, we had a we had a we had a glassed in room at the back of the Senate chamber where you could uh, you know go back there and have meetings and still see the floor wranglings and you know keep track. That was Clay's dipping room. Oh boy, had a pinch between Chica's gums and go back there and but you don't you don't dip anymore. Nope. But you uh you you told me that you you quit for a while and you almost got to the point you were biting people's heads off and your secretary told you you had to start back up. She told me I was gonna have to start dipping again or I was gonna lose my next election. (laughs) She was probably right. Uh let's go back to school choice for a minute, man. Um all right, so I'm hoping we're going to see a bill. I, I hear there's some some model legislation that's going to be floated. Um, I know it's got to get through committee. I know last year, Senator Marsh, who sat right there in that chair not too long ago, he was frustrated. He was the former pro tem of the Senate, couldn't get his own school choice bill out of committee. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to have to be folks like you who are pushing it because y'all are the leadership. But um, do you see a bill coming? And you're and you're if you're if you if you were a betting man, which I know you voted against the gambling bill, but if you were a yep. betting man. Do it again. Would you uh, Would you imagine there to be a school choice bill coming to the floor? I would. I would imagine. I mean, I you know, I think I, I think once once the conversations start happening, the momentum starts building. I think that 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 usually yields to something coming to the floor and being debated. And and with having everybody talking about it now, I think I think it probably will. And you know, again, caveat: what's it look like? You know what's it what's it do? I mean, you know, I gotta I gotta add that. Um, you know, if it's if it's quality or or not, you know, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, I w- I would think so. Okay, so then uh, let's keep the thread of education going, and it kind of gets into a different environment. But um, you know, during COVID, parents saw a lot 
that like parents got a front row seat to some stuff they didn't know was happening. Some got very dissatisfied, and then others were super frustrated because their kids were told to go home and log in, and they didn't have any internet capabilities where they live, especially in the rural areas of our state, which oh, yeah. you, you and I, our districts, both have a lot of rural areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember, and it's been going on ever since, you've had kind of a, a drumbeat for uh, rural broadband expansion forever. I didn't know what broadband was, but where are we on that? Are we rolling out broadband to the, to the, to the, sort of the, the outlying areas of our state? Is it going to help kids get logged in in the future, we hope, if that ever happens again? This is cool. Since 2018, you voted for the broadband bill right. that, that I first first proposed. It was my dream that I looked y'all in the eye and said, I'm telling y'all this will work. And since 2008, um, the state of Alabama has hooked up 46,000 new locations so what does that effectively do what does that mean for the state when, when you say that i mean that means you know sixty four thousand new locations i mean how you know that that's a a house or a business okay so there may be four kids in that house or two kids in that house or you know four people or whatever but but forty six thousand new new locations and that the amount of money we've invested in it has actually incentivized $125 million worth of private investment. Okay. So that was that was my goal all the time was, look, if we take this amount of money, we can turn it, we can incentivize a, a whole lot more of private investment. And you still you still chair the Rural Broadband Commission, don't you? The IDEA Committee, the Alabama Digital Expansion Authority. Okay. <clears throat> and then, excuse me. After the last round of ARPA, we appropriated $85 million of the ARPA dollars to build a robust middle mile uh, network around the state. Um, middle mile is essentially, essentially it'll be like a, a high-speed internet interstate that goes around the state. Um, and what's interesting is the the power suppliers our co-ops and all that in Alabama Power uh, Power South etc. They actually won the bid on that, and they won it because they have thousands of miles of dark fiber already around the state that they use for their kind of their own network, but it's not lit up to be public, and so for a, a much smaller amount we were able to help light that up, connect it together. It wasn't all connected connect that together, and then light it up. So that will help us expedite getting broadband out there. Then we, we also um, allocated another $100, almost $92 million for last mile. Last mile is wow. getting it to people's homes. Now, here's this what you also ought to be proud of, the legacy you've left. In 2008, you also voted to give yeah you did i wasn't there in 2008 excuse me 18 okay 18 <laughs> it all runs together uh but uh, a deca some money to develop a statewide map i'd encourage everybody to go to deca's website and look at our statewide map we're one of the only states that has a statewide broadband map we know where 96 percent of broadband is and where it ain't 
in Alabama and at what speeds. So you can see the dark areas and the light areas. Correct. Basically. Because what you know, my argument the whole time was what good is having a a plan if we can't have you know be able to measure that you know if it if if we're closing in those gaps. So because of that map, and again, one of the only in the country, and they tell us it's the best in the country, in the federal uh, infrastructure bill, they've allocated a lot of money to rural broadband. And so um, most states are going to get a minimum of around $100 million um, to expand broadband. But it's based off above that number. It's based off a formula of how many how many people are not served by broadband. All these other states are just going to be guessing. We're not. We're going to be able to give them and are able to give them a definitive number of how many people we have, mm. and because of that, we will be able to have more of that federal money. That's good planning. So, so I guess basically the 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 boots on the ground question then is. If we ever had one of those situations again where little Johnny and little Susie had to go home and log in to do their homework, you're saying that more little Johnnies and Susies could be able to log in. Correct. And and we're not – you remember rural power and rural water had assistance. It had government assistance. I mean, we'd still have – I mean, us in North Alabama, as much aggravating as they are, we didn't have TVA. We'd still – you know, we, we wouldn't have Redstone Arsenal. We wouldn't – being the North Alabama that we are today. Um, and, and that was for better or worse done with, with government assistance. Broadband's no different. And the pandemic highlighted how important it is, is as important as power and water. Well, and, and yeah, that, that, that's the point, I guess, is that, uh, there are essential services of government and, and I'm, and I'm not a big government fan. You know that for a fact, you and me, me both. Either. I mean, you and no. I both streamlined a lot of stuff when we started out, but, but, uh, I, that being said, uh, government builds bridges and roads. Yep. Government builds water lines and sewers. Um, and there are some people who say that broadband capability is a part of the roads and bridges of the it future. Is. It's part of the infrastructure. It um, is. But, but that being said, too, let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm also a fan of public-private partnerships. So in rural broadband, are you, seeing, are you seeing the private industry kick in to do their piece for the big puzzle? Is that, is that happening? No. So when we, when we started down this road, um, you know, my, my number one thing was this wasn't going to be a government-run deal. Okay. Uh, because we, that's not, that's not yeah. where we Good. should be. We need to incentivize the private sector who, who does what they do, and they know the business. Okay. That's what it does. We're essentially, we're, we're essentially saying um, under these conditions, under these speeds, and we've said extremely high speeds, 100 over 20 or 100 over 100, for, for them to get the grant. We're not incentivizing them to give rural areas subpar internet. If we're going to invest public dollars, it's got to be the best. So basically you're letting the bids for it to be constructed by the private sector is what you're saying, a lot of it. Well, they'll bring the pro- – they'll, they'll basically put forward a proposal. Okay. Uh, and, and it has to make, you know, our, our minimums, and which they're actually way over. Yeah. It's interesting to see. Um, and so um, we'll basically say just an example, the, the state will kick in, you know, if you're, if you're going to serve – run the lines to serve, you know, 350 more people, we're going to kick in 20% and they kick in 80%. 
That's why we've drawn so much in private investment down. Okay. So we're actually doing it different than than power and water. Power and water most of the time was was just yeah. straight federal government money. We're incentivizing companies to expand. Remember, AT&T is a multi-state company. They could invest anywhere else. So now that we're offering this program, they're choosing to invest in our state instead of elsewhere. That's just an example. There's numerous other multi-state companies that are doing that. Well, listen, um, Senator Schofield, we got to have you back more because it's obvious that you've got your hands in a lot of pies. But uh, but uh, being majority leader of the state Senate, we look forward to hearing what's going to happen in this upcoming legislative session. They go into March. Um, I, I am personally harping on school choice here on this show and mm-hmm. on tax relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you can find something meaningful in that and then uh, certainly appreciate, too. Uh, he didn't know I was going to ask about rural broadband. I just asked him, but uh, but you can tell you know your stuff on that. Listen, man, I appreciate you. Thanks for your service to the state. You got it. Thanks, Bill. All right, folks, listen, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come back and wrap up the day. Uh, that was State Senator Clay Schofield, Senate District 9, up yonder by Gunnersville Way. Uh, and, uh, and, and, folks, listen, these are real people just doing abnormal jobs. Um, But um, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.